0: Questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome
1: to Veritas. In the past few years, the world has witnessed changes in social consciousness, whose sudden development in the ruling scientific paradigm has not been able to explain. These changes corresponded with the activation of new waves of creation emanating from the center of the universe that influence human thinking. From the Big Bang to the present, these waves guide the evolution of the universe and, through their holographic resonance with the human mind, profoundly shape revolutions in religion, technology, economy, and social consciousness. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, at VeritasRadio.com. And to explain how our individual resonance with each wave plays a role in the quality of our lives and how we must consciously work to resonate with the higher waves. Tonight's special guest is Dr. Carl Johan Kalman, a scientist and philosopher with a PhD in physical biology from the University of Stockholm. Recognized for his theory that the Mayan calendar reflects the evolution of the global mind, he is the author of several books, including the latest one titled The Nine Waves of Creation, Quantum Physics holographic evolution and the destiny of humanity his website is linked on ours and he joins us directly from Truches, new mexico hello dr kalman and welcome to veritas how are you
0: hello mel Uh, i'm great i'm happy to be on your show i'm looking forward to this long discussion we'll have about this topic
1: likewise and it's my privilege and by the way may i call you carl
0: yeah please do
1: Thank you. Well, finally, glad to have you on. I remember back years ago, you were in such high demand. You have written many books, but I remember your research on the Mayan calendar. It kept you so busy the years leading to 2012 that we weren't able to get you on until now, 2017. (laughs) But before we begin, a quick parenthesis about 2012. What really happened, if anything, on December 21st, 2012? Was there any transformation of consciousness, time acceleration, or awakening of the world mind
0: no my um, you know f- first of all my own view was that that particular date was always a miscalculation and I would say so long before it, it actually happened and uh, so I w- would say it, it was the whole year 2012 was very much an uneventful year uh, a year when when very little happened and um, in contrast uh, to the year 2011, which was a year full of drama of of political protest movements and uh, um, and, uh, direction towards uh, changing relationships in in many different ways. Um, But um, that and I should say that that. Uh, in in a, That change that took place and, and manifested in the Arab Spring and, and the Occupy Movement and many such uh, movements in other parts of the world, uh, it, it still, it's still there as an undercurrent. And I think over time it will come back and, and make itself known in, in new ways.
1: Since you're, this is your first time with us here, I want to explore a bit of uh, your background uh, beyond what I read. How did you get to research Mayan calendar, the waves, and everything else you discussed? <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I think you have some kind of an inner calling to do so, and, and that it actually you're actually coming here to to your, this planet with that. Um, mission if you like and uh, then it takes a while especially if you're born in in Sweden um, it takes a while until something triggers you and you make uh, then makes you realize that that is really what you're supposed to do and then of course you will have to take the certain risks and uh, uh, in my case it meant uh, um, uh, taking the risk of leaving a relatively certain uh, scientific uh, career and instead devote myself to what I felt the calling was was really what I was here to do. And that's what I did.
1: Very interesting. You know, you, you leave your profession and you do something else very similar to what happened to me, being in the financial world, and I had a dream that that... <laughs> told me to take action about this and now discuss all of these things that years ago I would not even have considered discussing. But you say the world people are experiencing now, you know, is quite different from only a few years ago. How so? Please explain.
0: Well, uh, you know, we both live in the United States and, and um, you know, I, I think the, the, the political world here is... is uh, very, very chaotic, and uh, I, uh, you know, I, I would go so far as to say that the the very survival of the United States may very well be at stake in in a short term. But regardless of of what you look upon, the, how you look upon that, it, it's it's a completely different climate, and uh, the same is is true in many different uh, other parts of the world uh, on the political arena. And uh, at the same time, there are, you know, there are several different waves in the Mayan calendar system, and and they're now all running in parallel, and they're bringing uh, different expressions to the world. Because the the each wave influences the human mind in a, in a particular way, and so <clears throat> it's not as simple as to say that the whole world is changing in, in one simple direction. It all depends on which ones of, of these waves you are in resonance with yourself. But then, there, it, it, as part of this change, is the activation of the ninth wave that happened in 2011 which is a way of bringing unity consciousness to uh, the human mind and uh, as a result uh people are starting to see those people that had developed that kind of resonance are starting to experience and see the world in in a new way um and, and as that happened they also express themselves differently in the world and 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 uh, um, so that's another tendency. It's, it may not be as obvious as at the large-scale political changes in the United Kingdom and, and the United States, but it's still there, and, and there's, there's a, a large number of people that are have devel- developed uh, resonance with a, a wave that simply didn't exist before, and it, it's a novelty to humanity.
1: I noticed while reading your book a few times Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'll I'll delve into this later. But I found some similarities between the fifth wave and the ninth wave. The fifth yeah. wave being, I think, one hundred thousand years before common era, and the ninth wave, twenty eleven. But we'll we'll talk about that later. How much of our reality is shaped by fear?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Um, I I don't think I ever got that question uh, before. Um, I I think um, you know the waves have different uh, polarities, uh, or you can put it in other terms. Um, There are uh, filters in in the mind in in uh, several of these waves, and these filters tend to. Um, block our access to uh, certain parts of reality. Um, for instance, in this uh, long-term sixth wave that started 5,000 years ago and has created the the, the bulk of the patriarchal civilizations uh, of our planet, it, it basically had a dark spot on the everything that's uh, coming through the, the the right brain half. And when you have that kind of a darkness uh, in, in your mind, uh, something that creates like hidden compartments uh, and, and so forth, then uh, I think fear will, will come with that. Uh, fear because things are not lit up. Uh, fear because um, uh, reality is not seen fully and, and, and as it is. Uh, and so... That particular way uh, you know we we know from history that uh, with these patriarchal civilizations uh, that's been ruling the world for about five thousand years, also came all kinds of uh, oppression um, of slaves of women and and uh, many other uh, groups of people and ultimately, I think that that is related to uh, the fear that is associated with the fact that uh, a, a big portion of, of reality is being filtered out. Uh, so uh, I would say that fear, the, the, the amount of fear that you hold, depends on what waves you personally are in, in resonance with. Uh, uh, and uh, so it's not the same at, at all particular time types
1: um, no that's fine, and, and we'll talk more about fear later because I think it's a very powerful powerful emotion that we need to be able to discern and and, and identify it because it's everywhere you turn yeah. on the TV, you go to the movies, you read books you, you know depending it it's just surrounding us twenty four seven and we need to yeah. be able to escape from that understand that it's there for a reason. But here's another question that I've always been asking, the birth of the universe. How did the universe that we are living in come to be in the first place?
0: Yeah. Um, I um, I just now, yesterday, I just completed a, a scientific article about that particular t- topic. And most importantly, on how the the Big Bang theory uh, which is the predominant, by far the predominant uh, theory in, in scientific right. circles, how that has developed over time. Uh, and I think that that may not have been uh, landed on people in general, that this is a theory that, that's developed for uh, 90 years uh, uh, this year. And uh, it's, it's not at all the same as it used to be in, in the beginning um and uh, this is something i deal with also in the first chapter of this particular book uh so uh, when um the 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 big bang theory started was the first proposed by um, a, a belgian um uh, um scientist and, and priest called georges lemaître and uh, <clears throat> He said, you know, he just proposed, based on uh, theoretical mathematical consideration, that uh, at the very beginning uh, there must have been a, 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 like a, what he called a cosmic egg or a pr- primordial atom. And then that had expanded. And then there's been several uh, experimental verifications of this theory. Uh, Hubble. the the American astronomer um, in uh, the late 20s, was the one who discovered uh, through his observations at the Mount Wilson um, Observatory that all the galaxies were moving away from each other. And so this came to be uh, the uh, verification of of Lemaître's theory because that must have meant that at the beginning they would all have been... uh, Together uh, and uh, they, uh, at that sort of state, original state, there must have been a tremendous density of of, uh, uh, of um, energy and 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 also tremendous trillions of degrees of 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 temperature, and uh, so that's really how it has existed until the early two thousands.
1: Mm. So and if it's if oh, I mean to interrupt you, finish your yep. your thought, please.
0: No. No, no, uh, um, um, and, and additional uh, experimental verifications have come to, uh, to that idea again, and it's it's an idea. I should also say that the the, the Pope at uh, in 1950, you know, he su- suggested this is proof of the existence of God. Um, and but others said that no, this means we don't need to have any god to explain the universe, and and so you know you can have both ways, you can look upon it both ways, even if you accept the big Big Bang theory. Um, but there, there is a there is a shortcoming, at least the way I look upon it, in in, in this theory, because it does explain how um, maybe. Uh, Uh, galaxies have moved or matter have uh, expanded in all kinds of directions but it doesn't seem immediately to explain why uh, the universe that we know today is so structured and uh, you know this is not uh, it we can't really fathom why is it that it looks like this now and then it used to be almost like an explosion of trillions of, of degrees And so where does the structure come from uh, if, if it all started with this fireball? And it's on that particular point that a very new... Uh, or ten years ago, I, I should say that new data have been forthcoming uh, that m- most people in in general uh, have not heard about, but really changes the Big Bang theory into something that is different from it, what it used to be. And it, it, what especially was found uh, with uh, one of these satellites that been sent out to take. Uh, pictures of, of, baby universe pictures, you might say, or, or, or it's actually the cosmic microwave background radiation that, that they're taking pictures of. What they, what that uh, satellite found was that there seems to be a, a huge axis throughout the universe. Uh, we're now on an enormous scale where a galaxy is like a speck of dust, but the entire universe there seems to be a a, a, a axis, and that is, to me at least. Uh, uh, a big change but because once you have a geometry in a baby picture of the universe you know, the in a picture that shows that the the way universe was at at a very very early point after the big bang then you can start to see that well here's the geometry and uh, once you have a geometry uh, uh, then you can also under- start to understand that this geometry must have guided uh uh the way structures were uh, have come about and uh, on all kinds of levels in in, in the universe and it, mm- what i have, what i suggest in this book and and uh, did before is that this axis that now has been uh, verified by two different satellites that that have been sent up by nasa nasa and the european space agency uh this axis is really the same thing as the ancients would talk about as the tree of life and uh Uh, the the tree of life to the ancients was very much like a creative principle or or even identical with the creator the tree was the creator Uh, you might say that that's the way the the Maya looked upon it and uh, um, so uh, uh, that opens up for us to understand that there is a, you know, the tree of life may actually be the big creator of of life and uh, uh, not, I'm not saying that uh, sort of academic scientists in general would uh, uh, agree with this interpretation uh, that I'm making, but they certainly recognize, if if they're knowledgeable in this field, they do recognize that there is a central axis that can no longer be denied, and, and that opens up for for very new and very interesting. Uh, um, uh, understanding of of the universe and above all, you know, it means that everything that's been structured, including ourselves, uh, we're here for a reason. Uh, At least that's how I I interpreted it. We're not just an accidental uh, byproduct of of a huge explosion. Uh, uh, No, you can track... uh, um, track ourselves as, as being um, manifestations of, of of this particular axis, the tree of life, as I would see it.
1: Let, I want to discuss the ge- the geometry part in a moment, but when I saw, and I learned this fact about uh, the Big Bang, the term coming from this Catholic priest and astronomer uh, George Lennet. Uh, when I see that he was also a priest, isn't this a little bit Contrary to what a priest would say, the Big Bang, you would hear that from a scientist, but not from a priest.
0: Well, uh, it's a long story. Actually, it wasn't he who coined the term Big Bang. Uh, it was coined by one of his opponents, who was a I British... See. A british astronomer who who i would say would very much be a a secular uh, kind of guy and he used the term uh, big bang in a derogatory way Um, but um, instead uh, what what lemaitre talked about was the cosmic egg the primordial uh, atom and so he never used that but uh, the, the pre, you know, he, he was. It's also clear that uh, Le Maitre he he did not want to uh, be a proponent of the religious aspects of of this. Uh, the Pope tried to push the case that let's make this a Catholic uh, theory. But he, he Lemaitre, he, he was saying no. Uh, you know, this is uh, this is neutral. You you can believe in, in in God or you cannot believe in God and still accept the the uh, the Big Bang theory. So he wanted it that way because properly, otherwise it could have. A, Gone into a completely unnecessary conflict and uh, uh, meet a lot of opposition from more secular um, uh, scientists that n- this way it didn't really happen instead it was more or less that the seculars took it over and and I think a lot of people have come to look upon the big bang theory as a as an alternative more or less to the more traditional mythological uh, uh, creation stories. Um, so that's, uh, that's really the origin of, of, of the term and and how it came about. Now, the ge- geometry, when I, I was listening to
1: your, your statements about geometry in the universe, I can only think of Fractal's sacred geometry, the Fibonacci sequence, which we can see at a macrocosmic level. Or at a microcosmic level, if we see a seashell, we see the same patterns everywhere. Do you see the correlation?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's uh, if you take your own fingers. Uh, exactly, and, the bones. And uh, that's been sort of demonstrated how they follow the Fibonacci numbers. That is really then an expression of, of the uh, golden mean. Um and uh, so uh, uh, what this would imply at least in my interpretation is that part of this original uh, uh geometry that came through in the in the um mm-hmm with a tree of life as i call it part of that geometry is actually then the 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 fibonacci numbers and and other uh, forms of uh um geometry that we think of as as being sacred sacred geometry uh um and then it's ultimately life is created through that geometry uh and uh um, uh, but one of the things that I think is a little bit uh, – brings a new perspective uh, in my own work here is really to, to see that um, even the simplest form of geometry, like the point or, and, and, the, and the straight line, even those are, are really profound aspects of sacred geometry – even though we we don't think of it usually that way, we want to have the flower of life and and more uh, elaborate expressions, the platonic bodies uh, and, and so forth. But even the straight line is really sacred geometry. It's played an absolutely crucial role in in in, in the divine creation of, of the universe. The way I look upon it. Maybe even the divine is this geometry, or that's how the divine is manifesting its intelligence, through this geometry. And that's how we come into existence. We do agree
1: that most people, the religious ones, mostly believe in creation, Adam and Eve, etc. And the more scientific ones think of the Big Bang. But what evidence do we have for either notion?
0: Well, there's, uh, you know, in 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 terms of the Big Bang theory, there's a tremendous amount of evidence, I would say, um, and um, mm, mm, there there is the the uh, um, uh, there is the expansion of the, of the galaxies of the world. It is the uh, um, cosmic microwave background radiation. Uh, there's a lot of theories around these things that have been re- replicated in the laboratory, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's a, you know, it's nothing is cut in stone in in, in this world, but it, it's it's a very good case, I would say, in terms of evidence. Um, when it comes to Adam and Eve, I'm more questionable about the the actual evidence of that. But you know, I, yeah, but at yes. the same time, I, I do believe that um, you know it's a metaphor that holds a lot of truth. And uh, uh, I often point out, for instance, that when you look at these medieval paintings of Adam and Eve from uh, um, uh, from Europe, usually, uh, you will always find Adam and Eve standing on uh, separate sides, different sides of the tree of life. And and it is actually then as if the, the tree of life is sort of separating the masculine and, and the feminine uh, energies. And uh, this, I think, holds a lot of truth uh, and it it is really the the tree of life that has created that kind of a distinction between the genders and 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 many other things so i i i find a lot of value in 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 the metaphorical descriptions in in the bible um but um i i certainly wouldn't take it literal or or um something that happened in the real world uh, but the, on the other hand it adds to you know this mythological language always has some power that goes very deep to us and uh, uh, um, th- there is a reason for that uh, um, it, it's not as boring as to write uh, to read a, a scientific text uh, which is usually you know it brings you away from the from the depth and the real meaning of of things uh, uh so yeah i i you know i i i think there are truths in 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 both of those ways of looking at it but uh truths in different meanings a little bit one is metaphorical truth and the other is sort of literal truth uh so that's how I look upon it.
1: Do you think that the story of Adam and Eve is a way, as you as you're saying, perhaps to make it easier during that time for people to digest the information and understand, have a better understanding in a simpler manner? But in fact, it could be just illustrating duality, polarity, uh, say yin yang.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, in one word, yes. I I, I think that's that. That's really the case, um, and um, but it, but it's also I I, I think what something I also point out in in this uh, book is that uh, the metaphor of the, of the Genesis uh, and and the creation story in this also had a. Political uh, uh, background in the sense that it is especially directed towards women in this patriarchal era. And uh, uh, the whole idea of uh, an original sin that's been associated with a, a Genesis story is, I think, really a kind of a, a political uh, motive uh it, it's really uh it's it's really a distinction um or or the, the 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 idea of an original sin i think is really to uh keep people down in in many different ways and and i, I really don't believe there is such a thing um,
1: what are some of the emerging problems with the the standard model of the big bang theory
0: well um it's recognized by, um, by cosmologists today that, uh, the, this axis that have been dis- discovered is a, you might say, a, uh, threat or, or I don't know if that's a word, but, uh, it's certainly a disturbance to the standard model, uh, because it can't be incorporated in that. And uh, the standard model also has uh, shortcomings. Uh, and I think one very clear case is that according to the standard model, we can only observe 5% of the matter in the universe. And the, the remainder, I think, is 28% is so-called dark matter and 60% something is uh, uh, dark energy. And both of those uh, uh, phenomena are really just hypotheses for which there is absolutely no direct uh, experimental evidence. So there is something uh, uh, shaky about the standard model as it exists uh, today. You know, otherwise, um, otherwise you would be able to explain more than five percent of the matter in the, in the in the universe. And I think the you know the 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 point that is crucial is the the cosmic axis uh, that it cannot be at this point integrated in the standard model, but is looked upon as a as a disturbance. as something that upsets the the uh, the, the standard model. Uh, So these are a couple of of, uh, significant uh, problems uh, that cosmologies uh, have not uh, dealt with. Uh, And uh, they potentially then will uh, create a, a paradigm shift. And that paradigm shift, I think, cannot ignore, it cannot just... Uh, look upon the universe as pure physics. It will have to integrate uh, all the aspects of evolution uh, um, Biological evolution mental evolution and, and recognize that there is uh, the phenomenon of, of consciousness that it, 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 It's the we can see that the 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 standard born model is bursting at as at, at it seems but um, um a new paradigm uh, may come out of that and that would have to integrate i would say also uh, biological evolution and uh, and mental evolution and, and i think that's you know the the opening that comes with this new ninth wave is that increasingly people will see that everything is connected and in that perspective it will no longer be possible to sort of keep different turfs for for different sciences and so forth everything is actually collect, connected and 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 our science will need to reflect that
1: and i think the the quest or the goal
0: of a
1: few people in this world is to Disconnect us from that unity, but why do you say there's a cover up of the existence of the tree of life?
0: Yeah, I think I I probably have overstated it a little bit, but you know, I I would say that these findings that you know there is a that there is a central axis of the universe, um, and that there is even a division into. Halves of the sky into a yin sky and a and a yang sky. Uh, these are things that you know would really be quite interesting for people in, in general because it really uh, brings a new perspective of, of our own existence and why the uh, universe exists in, in the first place. And so it's, it's, and yet these scientific findings have not been brought out to the public. Uh, scientists may discuss it in their forums by themselves, so to speak. Uh, but, but uh, people in general do not know about it. And, uh, um, cover up, as I wrote, may be a little bit of an overstatement, but it's, uh, uh I think it's, it's the fact that uh, and the reason it hasn't been brought out is that it, it, it is a threat to certain ideas that are very prevalent uh, among academic scientists, um, you know, especially uh, – which is a group that is very – a negative in general to to spirituality and or or the idea that there would be a meaningful purpose to our universe that is sort of a no no in, in that community and uh, uh, people in general should have uh, have right, right to this knowledge and uh, um, see what they think about it themselves
1: absolutely and it seems that it perhaps crosses. Because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think looking at ancient civilizations, I think science and spirituality were one of the same. All of a sudden, years ago, they became polar opposites, even though science today behaves almost dogmatic, like religion, too
0: yeah yeah no i i perfectly agree with you and and when you look at um, especially mayan science which is uh the one that i have dwelled most deeply into uh you know it really is very indistinguishable from their spirituality uh to them the numbers that were used in their calendars and so forth were holy numbers and uh, and uh, uh, at the same time used to understand the cosmos. And uh, so th- there was no such thing then in those days uh, uh, as a separation between spirit and, and, and science. But uh, in, in today's world, that's how things have developed. And uh, um, up a- until very recently anyway, there has been a very strict line to, uh, separating science and spirituality. So I agree with you.
1: We live in a world of of duality or polarity, night and day, hot and cold. I also think of yin and yang, since we're talking about that concept. What is the origin of yin and yang?
0: Well, I think ultimately it is this, uh, uh, um, it's it's a separation in two sky halves uh, that is brought by this cosmic axis. And... uh, um, uh, which is, I think, absolutely mind-blowing, um, and new results. I mean, these this are results from uh, astronomical observatories that is, are only two years old at this point, uh, where they f- find that, you know, if you take the cosmic axis and then you study Uh, various kinds of distributions of astronomical objects uh, on one side of the axis and on the other side of the axis and you you will find then that uh, you know traditionally you would say that oh, it's probably evenly uh, distributed all of these things the universe is homogeneous uh, uh, as they would say but now what they're finding is that there's a big difference there's like one one sky half of of on one side of the cosmic axis has a much higher number of of uh, certain radio sources and certain kind of galaxies than the other half so uh, some scientists are now saying that uh, the universe is inherently anisotropic. Uh, meaning that it's inherently different in different directions. And this is something we haven't believed ever in in the past. But it's completely consistent with this uh, uh, ancient view that you know we know most of, of by the name of yin and yang the the chinese symbolism of the the, the light and the dark and how they go together in, in the universe uh, other countries have that too or other hunabku, trad- hunabku symbol is, is one of them um, and um, uh, so i would say you know I, I i in my understanding on based on these new uh, um, scientific data i would say that the universe is inherently different in different directions and different in different sky halves and so for that reason it's it's not so hard to understand that the ancient peoples uh, like the ancient chinese would develop mythologies as we call them or or uh, uh, world views that that has an, an as an integral part of it the the, the The separation of light and darkness or all kinds of duality, so to speak, um, it has to be that way actually but, uh, but it 's just that now it 's beginning to be demonstrated for from uh, um, from new kinds of observations.
1: If we have to reduce the big bang to the lowest common denominator, I think of an explosion. the explosion we could determine the epicenter of that explosion by looking at the at the way the matter expanded outside of its epicenter, has science today, with our telescopes and and so on, have they been able to pinpoint more or less where that epicenter, where that explosion, actually came from?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I I can't answer it. That's that's my simple uh, <laughs> that's my simple <laughs> I, answer. I know it's a deep question. And, and they they uh, I know that's always this idea that. Wherever you, on whatever galaxy you would be, uh, then you would look out the, in the space and you would see that all the other galaxies are moving away from you. But I would still, you know, it still makes sense to me that it would be some kind of an epicenter somewhere. Uh, it's just that I, I can't answer it and I don't have the answer to that question. No, that's fine.
1: That's fine. Now, what did the ancient ones, the ancient traditions, what did they say about the Tree of Life?
0: Well, it's a it's a great variety of interpretations, uh, um, and one of the fascinating things about this tree of life is how widespread it, it, it is. Um, I have myself seen um, repre- reflections of the tree of life uh, in in New Zealand, uh, where you know the Maori people. Uh, honor a particular tree in the jungle there called the Kaori tree. And, and they say this is the tree of life. And uh, the Maya, going to the other side of the, of the world, you might say, uh, they have another tree, the Seba tree, and uh, which is a tree that has an um, interesting root system that often sort of points in four different directions. And for this reason, it's a perfect symbol of of the Mayan tree of life, which they looked upon as the source of the four directions and the four different energies of the four directions. And uh, also, very importantly, in the Mayan view, Uh, The tree of life was the source of their calendar or or the calendrical energies. Uh, It was the source of the calendrical energy and the calendar there was to describe how these different energies were shifting. Um, Then you may go to um, down to South Africa or to the Bushmen in in the Kalahari Desert, uh, which is. Probably the most ancient uh cultures still in existence on on our planet, and they have a tree of faith and uh I've seen pictures of it and how they put out the stones around the the tree of faith uh, uh, maybe at the border of the of the desert there and uh, um, then we have the Jewish Tradition. We talked about it a little bit the the biblical tradition, but also the Kabbalistic tradition, uh, which I'm not very knowledgeable in, but which is more esoteric as I as I understand it, and and also sort of divides the tree of life in separate kinds of energies. Um, in the, in Scandinavia, the idea was that there was a huge ash called Yggdrasil. Uh, which was bigger than the earth and the sky and and everything else. And from that emanated nine different worlds, Uh, the world of the dwarves, the world of the black elves, uh, etc., etc., So it's not that there is a consistent picture of of the tree of life in all of these different traditions. What is consistent is the idea that there existed a tree of life. And I think that's uh, fascinating by itself. And uh, uh, to me, anyway, it means that they were able to intuitively uh, or through their inner visions – access the knowledge that there is a cosmic tree of life. But then they, in different culture, would see different aspects of it. And and, uh, to some extent, those aspects can be properly merged into a a coherent picture. But I think there are also uh, different cultures, sort of it almost seems like they specialize in in one or the other of of these different uh, aspects. Um, so, so it's, uh, but it really, I mean, it's, it's often been talked about as the, the most widespread of, of all myths. And, uh, so it, it, it really makes sense that it's something that really has a reality behind it. And, and I think it is that reality that, uh, modern science now finally has caught up with, um, through these satellite measurements and uh, the discovery of a cosmic axis in, in the center of the universe.
1: Now, the title of your book, the latest one, The Nine Waves of Creation, can you please explain the concept for those who may not be aware of it, the concept of what the waves are of creation and why nine?
0: Yeah. Well, why nine is, you know, you'll have to ask God about that. It probably what's a good is <laughs> good number to create the universe with, and <laughs> exactly why? But but it, it there there are many uh, uh, many questions in, inherent in, in this question. Um, I'll start with the, with the nine, and then I'll come back with uh, waves. Um, nine uh, is a special number in in many ancient traditions. Uh, but it's also the the basis of the numerical system that we are using ourselves throughout the world today uh because there are only nine single digit numbers and then once you come to to the number nine Zero. then you, then you come to to 10 you have to go to 10 and then you have this double digit uh number and uh uh, in, in, it all comes back, the, the, this numerical system, uh, which we call Arabic, ultimately comes from, from India and from the Indus Valley, uh, ancient civilization about 5,000 years ago. And to them, the number nine is a fer- perfect number of completion. So the, in their view, uh, um, it, 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 there's a special role in creation of this number. And uh, you will find that number in, in many different traditions. Certainly in the Maya, among the Maya, you find these pyramids built in nine levels and you, you will find a number of pagodas in the, in, in the East Asia that are built in, in, in nine, uh, um levels. And uh, the Vikings had their nine worlds in the, in the tree of life and, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's definitely a, a special number. And it's, it all makes sense when you start looking upon it in the perspective of the Mayan calendar, uh, which it, compared to other traditions about the tree of life, uh, is sort of more mathematical. It was, it's more sophisticated in, in that particular way um so um, uh, um, the the Maya then described their calendar system was really about uh, describing these kind of waves that was its purpose because they recognized that when a wave like a like a creation wave goes through different phases uh the energies on our own planet and in their lives would shift so uh so they wanted to uh, have a sense of when will these energies shift and that was the basis for their their uh, prophetic uh, knowledge and uh, uh, one uh, of the more fascinating aspects of this uh is the uh, plumed serpent which in in Aztec uh, language it's called quetzalcoatl as well as in the Toltec language it's uh, the same language really uh, it's also called quetzalcoatl uh, to the Maya it was called Kukulkan, mm-hmm. but it all means a plumed serpent and uh, that is um, is an amazing entity um, because it's like the supreme deity of the Maya, and that's something I remember uh, when I first came to Mexico, um, well, 30 years ago or something like that. Um, then um, I couldn't quite figure out why why would they look upon a snake as the supreme deity? Why would the city of uh, Chichen Itza uh at its center have a, a pyramid dedicated to the plumed serpent um or the 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 magnificent uh, city of teotihuacan outside of mexico city have a special pyramid for for quetzalcoatl and uh, i i I remember then it was 79 when I, when I was in Mexico really for the first time. And I, I went to the, the presidential palace in Mexico city and, and looked at uh, Diego Rivera's paintings to describe the, um, uh, the, 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 history of Mexico. Uh, it's a tremendous treasure that, that all of those murals that he, he made there. But, um, he would also part of the mythology that he would uh, show in his paintings and and is well known from from earlier times in Mexico was the idea that quetzalcoatl the plumed serpent was the bringer of civilization so it was a symbol of light you might say and uh, when sometimes however the 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 plumed serpent would disappear and then the the civilizations would often turn down, and um, uh, th- this all makes sense, however, when you start to study the Mayan calendar in light of how it describes the rise and fall of, of human civilization because that's that's a function of of this long count mayan long count uh w- w- which started in 3115 bc uh where you can see that when there is a peak in the in the wave uh then new civilizations will arise and there's all kinds of novelties and movement forward in in all kinds of ways and then, on the other hand, sometimes when this this wave turns into a valley uh like any sine wave would do then the the these the civilizations will often turn they will often go down uh, and uh, disappear, uh, which is something we certainly know from the uh, uh, civilizations in uh, the Native American civilizations in, in the Americas, including from the Maya, that when there are shifts, they, they would tend to go down. And uh, um, so uh, then it certainly makes sense that you, if you look upon uh, this this wave as the plumed serpent, that the, the plumed serpent is just a name for this wave that brings civilizations when it goes into these peaks and uh, have... Civilizations disappear when it goes into the valleys. Then you really have uh, something that makes sense, and, and then you can also understand why it is that uh, the the Maya of Chichen Itza dedicated their central pyramid to this entity, because you know it, it was just crucial for for them to to understand this, to know this, and and to be. Uh, an expression of this plumed serpent, which really means being an expression of of the light that this particular uh, waveform uh, uh, carried. And uh, something uh, something I'm also discussing in this book is that this uh, uh, um, this um, symbol of, of the serpent uh, is properly used in in uh, as a symbol of waves in many different cultures uh, uh, the the serpent is a, a symbol in, in, of um, a spiritual symbol uh, in a way that doesn't quite just make sense if you think of it as a snake uh, but if you do see it as some underlying wave in the quantum field that determines the ups and downs of civilization, then you can start to understand why the the worship of the serpent was, was such a big thing. And, uh, you know, to just give a few examples, um, the world's oldest piece of art is considered to be a, a, um, a, a serpent found in, in a cave in, in Botswana. In South Africa, and it's known that this was co- considered a, a creator god. And uh, in in Australia, the Aborigines, uh, they look upon the, the the rainbow serpent as a creator god. And you know, I know in the Amazonas, uh, then uh, there they they look upon uh, the the anaconda as the creator. The great anaconda is the creator of the human beings, and so um, all of this makes sense if you look upon the 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 serpents in this case as symbols of these underlying waves that people in ancient times they were able to experience them, and and the best way of of uh, of symbolizing them to them must have been to look upon the the, the these waves as as um, serpents that that are moving in 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 this particular way. But, but and, why is uh, it?
1: Why is it then? When I look at ancient books, we see three words all the time: slavery, gold, and the serpent. Why is it that in 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 our world today? we demonize snakes we demonize the yeah. serpent and, and instead of being venerated why is that
0: <laughs> well i i don't know i mean it go certainly in 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 the bible uh, god uh, curses the serpent right uh, so it's uh, um so in, in it's i i i really don't know i well i think i have some kind of my idea uh, about it because mm, you know if you look upon uh, as the Maya did, the the serpent as the uh, highest deity, the creator god. Well, then that uh, ancient view is probably more ancient view that, well, than the 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 god of the of the Bible. Then that god, you know, that creator god will be a threat to the idea of. Uh, uh, the the more abstract God of of, of the Bible, so uh, I think I think that's probably the origin of it. It was a new God that was brought in the uh, in, in in many cultures, and and that God, uh, Jehovah or or Yahweh, um, it would have to be demonstrated to be the only God, and all others needed to be cursed and, and uh, taken out of the uh, belief system of, of, of people. And, and that's what happened. I think that's why it, it became cursed.
1: All I have to do is look at the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's a big contrast in the way God behaves, but that's for a different, yeah. a different interview. Uh, one last question before we take our our break. We go then to the member section. How do you think many ancient cultures, including the Mayan culture, recognized nine levels of evolution in the universe, but the Maya were the only people in our planet who developed an explicit calendar system to chart the nine waves that create these levels. Since no other people on our planet developed calendars that that describe wave movements of of progressively higher frequencies, what made the Maya so special?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I think... uh, uh, I think it has to do with the fact that uh the the planet as such uh, you know we talked about how the universe was as uh, in its entirety is divided into sky halves and with with somewhat different properties uh the same is obviously true with the two uh, halves of our brain that have different functions and, and mentalities and the same is true for the planet as such, which has a western and an eastern hemisphere and which have different kind of mentalities different kinds of uh, uh, abilities and different uh uh yeah, uh, and uh, um, so uh, the the left brain half of a human being is the one that does the calculations. And so the left brain half is connected to the Western Hemisphere. Uh, and, and so that's the reason I think that inherently in the West is this ability or at least it has been this ability to to make calculations it is like it's the western aspect of the global mind so the, the that that would imply that uh, if any people would would develop this kind of a spiritual mathematics that the maya did with their uh, um with their mm-hmm calendars, then that people would have to live in the Western Hemisphere, because it's in the Western Hemisphere that traditionally speaking, those kind of abilities has been the most prominent. Um, And now, exactly why the Maya is the Maya, I would say, is the most advanced intellectually uh, people of the Western Hemisphere uh, before the the, the, um, arrival of Europeans um uh, the the maya were you know somewhat like the greek of of the uh of the european uh, scene uh and uh, uh, so it just ha- fell upon them to to be develop this particular uh, calendar system and uh, um, i i the way i look upon it is that this calendar system that they are uh, they developed is really necessary to uh, create a worldview that is whole, that is not fragmented, and it's been like a missing piece in in the puzzle that uh, only through including this and including uh, the, the probably then the most advanced science of, of Native America uh, would it really be possible for us to develop a truly holistic uh, science and um, worldview.
1: You said something interesting that I'd like to explore when we return, what you said about the Maya in this part of the world being the equivalent of what the Greeks were in Europe and their creations. I mean, you look at the Parthenon, you look at all the architecture and then you come here and you look at the Yucatan Peninsula and you look at all the magnificent things they have there in Mexico city as well. The Greeks are still there. The Greeks still have their own country, their own culture. They're still prevalent. And even though we have Maya, Maya, you know, people in, in that, in this part of the world, they're, in poverty, most of them, a lot of the knowledge is is gone, or I don't know if it's, you know, transmitted uh, via uh, initiation, and they have kept it quiet. I want to explore what happened to the Maya. Why okay. did we lose the, the 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 incredible achievements that they made that cannot be replicated today? But all of that when we return. How can people buy the book, The Nine Waves of Creation, and all your other great books, Dr. Kalman
0: well, it's they in principle they're available everywhere. Certainly, they're all available on Amazon.com, but uh, bookstores would carry them, uh, or you can order them from bookstores uh, unless they have them available.
1: Well, folks, don't go anywhere. You know this is a solutions-based program, and we have also solutions on part two. Dr. Kalman's going to give us some ideas of what there is for us to do to entertain unity consciousness because we are in this ninth wave and we can manifest our destiny that way. But don't go anywhere. I'm very privileged to have Dr. Carl-Johan Kallman with us here on Veritas for the first time. Hopefully, not the last time. This is Mel Fabregas and you are listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. Thanks for listening to part one of this very important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest, head on over to the member section or subscribe at VeritasRadio.com You don't want to miss the rest. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store where you can find great products like Pure Organic Sulfur, Rebounders,
0: Turmeric, and other great supplements. Thank you.